You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Welcome to My Strategy with author and personal growth coach, John M. Hawkins. John will provide coaching and inspiration, motivation and advice on your personal development in order to help you with the best decision-making possible. So now, please welcome the host of My Strategy, John M. Hawkins. Hello, my name is John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy, and we're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. We're very happy to be here with you today. My Strategy... Shows are on Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Today, we're going to be talking about uncertainty. In this episode, we're going to talk about uncertainty related to the 2020 U.S. election, the coronavirus pandemic. We're going to talk about some current data, how to deal with uncertainty using improvisation, how to avoid uncertainty. We're going to talk about ways to deal with it and ultimately build your strategy. Well, again, uh, welcome. Happy to be here. Uh, my strategy shows are on Saturdays, as I said. And for me, Saturday is a great day of the week to reflect on what I have done over the first portion of the week. But keep in mind that any time's a great time to assess your strategy. The My Strategy radio show continues to grow. We're available on iHeart, iTunes, Player FM, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and many more. You can go there to listen to past episodes. You can find me on most social media platforms. My Twitter handle is at Hawkins John. That's at Hawkins John. And my website is johnmhawkins.com. And just like anything in life, we need to have a strategy and a plan to help us reach our goals because the best laid plans don't always work. Now, this week, I'm looking for your stories on uncertainty. It could be relating to the U.S. elections could be a work situation, could have to do with the coronavirus pandemic. If you have an example, perhaps a tip or a trick, send it to talk at johnmhawkins.com. That's talk at johnmhawkins.com. Also, we do have uh, giveaways on this show from time to time, and we have one live uh, at johnmhawkins.com. Uh, we're taking submissions through 1159 p.m. tonight. So you have a little bit more time to enter. All right. Well, this week we're specifically going to focus on uncertainty. We're talking about the election anxiety, uh, keeping in mind that this is not the first time we've had election anxiety. We're going to talk a little bit about the data behind the effect of election uncertainty and how it compares with the 2016 election. We're going to talk about how to deal with uncertainty. And I've got a neat little trick here 
by a writer who talks about improvisation and how some of these principles can help us deal with uncertainty. Kind of a fun topic. We're then going to talk about how to avoid uncertainty there uh, with regard to the generalized anxiety explained. We'll then talk a little bit about some ways that a psychologist would have you deal with it. We're going to talk also about the role of uncertainty with regard to coronavirus. And then we're going to help you put your strategy in place. All right. Well, this week we're talking about uncertainty and how it affects us. Uncertainty is doubt, skepticism, suspicion, mistrust, lack of sureness about something. Uncertainty may range from a falling short of certainty to almost complete lack of confidence. Synonyms are distrust, distrustfulness, doubt, misdoubt, misgiving, mistrust, and more. The opposite of that is assurance, belief, certainty, certitude, confidence, conviction, trust, and more. I think a big one is trust, right? When we trust something and know that we have confidence, we feel good. When we don't trust, which is what uncertainty is about, it causes us challenges. Got an article here by Zachary Hughes. He says, according to a recent report from the American Psychological Association, 70% of U.S. adults report significant stress and anxiety about the 2020 election. This is compared to 52% in 2016. The fight for racial justice, the pandemic, and the winner-take-all political climate have combined to make 2020 a ripe environment for anxiety to flourish. He says this week's presidential elections are like the cherry on top. The high-conflict nature of this election cycle is having an impact on the U.S. population, as high of an impact as divorce on children. He said, this week, we're taking a deep breath and remembering that the Vietnam era and civil rights movement were also times of significant social unrest and high anxiety. What can we do to manage our anxiety? What are the things that feed it? How do we keep ourselves and our family healthy and safe? And is there hope for our country to heal and move forward? It's from Zachariah Hughes. Another article here by Fletcher Wirtman. He talks about how to deal with election anxiety. In suffering from election anxiety, he says he explored the stress many experience leading up to an event like the 2020 elections. Living with constant anxiety about an uncertain event, helpless to hasten it, and unable to control the outcome. Situations like these are tremendous stressors that eat away from our psychological resources over time, affecting many people, and especially those suffering from an anxiety disorder like OCD. In living with anxious anticipation, more often than not, there aren't many practical, implementable ways to address the source of anxiety, and the strategies seem logical, may prove to be counterproductive. He says one behavior frequently associated with long-term anxiety is reassurance seeking. When we're anxious about something, it's natural to look for answers, ideally searching for conclusive evidence that the situation is under control and we don't need to worry. He says, unfortunately, 
The information obtained through reassurance seeking is rarely satisfying in the long run. And looking for more data only feeds into the cycle of anxiety. For sufferers seeking reassurance, this easily becomes a compulsive ritual behavior. In the piece, Freedom from Obsessive Compulsive Disorder, Jonathan Grayson categorizes such symptoms as a form of checking. Rituals that are direct attempts to affect the environment or to perceive the environment correctly. For example, if you're obsessed with the possibility that a distant family member is in danger, you might start calling them a few times, then once a week, then finally, or once a day, every few hours, or perhaps more. In addition, excessive worry is an instinctive response to danger, especially when threats are distant or abstract. Both worry and rumination are associated with concerns about control and uncertainty, according to Freeston, 1994. He says, we suggest that when people are worrying, they are uncertain about their ability to control important outcomes, but they have some belief that they could control those outcomes if they just try or worry hard enough, according to Alloy and Barlow in Alloy was 1990, Barlow 1988. It's easy to see how high stakes events like an upcoming election encourages both worry and pathological reassurance seeking. With the internet connection and a few outside distractions due to the pandemic, it has never been easier to get sucked into a 24 by seven news cycle. There's nothing to stop you from browsing a poll we polling website for hours hitting refresh repeatedly to see the latest numbers. If you desperately need someone to reassure you that the forecast is favorable, you have instant access to your favorite news outlet, to partisan commentators, and the social media echo chamber. Of course, while looking for this kind of reassurance, you're never more than one click away from negative or pessimistic information or even heated argument from the other side. Ordinarily, the go-to treatment for OCD is to seek professional help and try and avoid those pathological rituals. Just some advice from Fletcher Wortman on dealing with anxiety. You're listening to My Strategy. I am your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to deal with it and how improv may help. We'll be right back. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, Unlock Your Full Potential with Limitless Growth, published by iUniverse. Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and to Tune in radio. 
The opiate epidemic has reached crisis levels, and with so many families affected by addiction, opiate-related drug overdoses, and death, the time is now to have a real constructive conversation about addiction that could lead to better prevention, treatment, and recovery. Alan Charles, author and keynote speaker on drug abuse and prevention, presents The Alan Charles Show. Alan brings a message of hope, sharing his unbelievable story of surviving a 24-year addiction to cocaine and highlights from his memoir, Walking Out the Other Side, an addict's journey from loneliness to life. His raw honesty and courageous heart breaks the stigma of addiction and offers a unique perspective into the mind of an addict. Join Alan each week as he brings his listeners to a true understanding of the grip of addiction. It is only with this understanding that we can begin to heal. The Alan Charles Show, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network. Hello and welcome back. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is my strategy. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Right before the break, we were talking about the election uncertainty and the anxiety that may come as a result of it. In this segment, I want to talk about one way we can deal with uncertainty, and that is using improv principles that can help us feel confident and connected. I've got an article here from Clay Drinko. He says, how to deal with uncertainty and how three improv principles can help us feel more confident, calm, and connected. Clay says, I was going to write about improvisation and education, but all that went out the window when schools started closing their doors. Parents are trying to work from home while teaching their children. And other people are losing their jobs and unable to make ends meet. Exponentially, more people are getting infected each day. People are dying. We may not be able to meet the impending medical news, the medical needs. Saying things are uncertain is a gross understatement. Clay wrote this article at the start of the pandemic, but I think it is applicable to the election uncertainty as well. He says the current coronavirus COVID-19 global pandemic is a game changer. We're being asked to self-isolate, practice social distancing to stop the spread of the virus and to flatten the curve. However, we don't know how long this new normal will last. There are rumors that self-isolating might last until August or will happen at regular intervals for the next 18 months. The current pandemic is the epitome of uncertainty. We just don't know how bad things can get, and we're starting to see this reflected in people's behavior. People are stockpiling, filling up multiple carts at the grocery store. Uncertainty is scary, especially in this when it is of this magnitude. And I think we're seeing a similar response to the election. People are doing the similar thing to stockpiling, making sure they have enough supplies because they don't know what's going to happen. So Clay has a novel approach to this. What can improv teach us about uncertainty? He says, improvisation has something to teach us. It has uncertainty at its core. When you take the stage without a script, there's no telling what will emerge. So to handle this level of uncertainty, the forefathers and mothers of improv created some guidelines to make it easier for improvisers to collaborate. He says he's extrapolated some of the main points of improvisation 
that he calls the improv paradigm, which can teach us how to deal with uncertainty of the current crisis. First, he says, is listening. Improvisation is but impossible if people aren't listening to each other. So he says, imagine that he says, his, hi, my name is Bob, and I live in Florida. And if you aren't listening, you might respond. Thanks for the soup, Mary. Let's put on our parkas. He says, deeply listening to each other helps us build off each other's ideas instead of constantly floundering to figure out what's going on in the scene. Second, openness. He thinks of this principle not as being judgmental to ease the risk of going on stage without a script. So he tries his best to have an open mind and not judge his fellow players. How many times do we see someone and judge them based off of an affiliation rather than being open-minded? I think that's a good way to look at it. And then he says, finally, collaboration. This is the famous yes and principle. Yes and means that I have to go along with my partner's idea and then add new detail to the scene. Then I can feel confident that they'll do the same for me. The yes and principle is the key to dealing with uncertainty. In improv, no one knows how the scene will end. But... By listening, being open, and yes, and give players the confidence amidst that uncertainty. He says, let's look at a couple of examples here. Let's say two players jump on stage. The first says, mom, I need a bomb pop and some sunscreen. The second player follows the guidelines and says, sure, honey, I'm just happy you decided to spend your 30th birthday with me. Now the two players know who they are and probably where they are. This knowledge gives them more confidence to explore the scene. They don't have to worry about uncertainty because they're working together on the scene. He says, now let's say two other people take the stage. And the first person says, Janet, you said you'd fax the contract over yesterday. Unfortunately, the second player is not following the three rules of that we talked about. She is not open and thinks the idea is dumb. So she says, fax machine? She also wasn't listening and introduces herself as Carla. Finally, she doesn't follow the yes and by saying, besides, you work for me anyway. He says this scene is going to be excruciating. The two players can't agree on who they are or what's going on in the scene. He said he's been in scenes like this. It exacerbates the uncertainty and anxiety of going without a script. On the other hand, when we follow these three principles, we feel more grounded and confident in the face of uncertainty. The improv paradigm can also give us some confidence to deal with the uncertainty of real life. We don't have a script right now. We don't know how the coronavirus or the elections are going to end. People are speculating and trying to compare our current situation 
to other world wars, the Spanish flu, 9-11, but the reality is we are all working without a script. It says it's important to reach out to people you can trust. If those are the people who are self-isolated, consider yourself lucky. If you're not in a safe situation, reach out to friends or professionals who make you feel hurt and valued. He says that sometimes it's important to find a therapist. So I think it's interesting here. How can improv help us? Maybe we all need to listen, be open, and collaborate a little bit more. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about avoidance of uncertainty. We'll be right back. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern. Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of The Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, hope, and support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the B. BBM Global Network. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. Very happy to be here with you today. Right before the break, we were talking about how to deal with uncertainty and how improv principles can help us feel more confident. What if the secret to all of this was just learning how to improvise and that could help? In this segment, I want to talk a little bit about the avoidance of uncertainty and how generalized anxiety may come into play. This article is by Michael Stein. He says, one of the first things he explains to his anxious clients when they come in for therapy is that avoidance maintains anxiety. Anything you do to avoid or escape anxiety triggers in the short term gives you more anxiety response to those triggers in the long term. He said, this is easy to see when fear is something physical, like flying, jumping out of an airplane, 
contamination with germs or social situations. He says, but many anxiety, anxiety sufferers are not doing any wholesale avoidance of any major physical situations. Often they're avoiding what is simply uncertainty, the unknown. The behavior that they use to avoid uncertainty is worrying. For most people, even those without a diagnosable anxiety disorder, uncertainty can trigger anxiety because uncertainty is not an overt physical object or situation. We can't literally run away from it like we run from a dog or a social situation. So our brain tells us to get away from uncertainty, try and eliminate it by mentally analyzing the situation we are uncertain about. And when we mentally analyze the situation, that is when worry behavior sets in. For instance, let's say you're afraid you're going to lose your job. You feel uncertain about whether you will lose your job. And that uncertainty triggers anxiety. Your mind starts saying to you, this uncertainty is dangerous and we must get away from it. The way to do that is to eliminate uncertainty by analyzing it until you are certain whether or not you are going to lose your job. And until you do that, you can't move on with your day. Now, of course, when we put it like that, it sounds ridiculous. No one can predict the future, and it's impossible to know for certain whether you're going to lose your job or not. But when you're anxious about something, you still try to get certain about it anyway. You try to analyze in your head whether you're going to lose your job or not. Sometimes when you do this, you will come to potential reassurance, reassuring answers about the logical reason why you're probably not going to lose your job. When you come up with that answer, it alleviates the anxiety, but only briefly. And this is the short-term avoidance uncertainty. Not similar to what we see with the global pandemic or the upcoming elections. People want to know the outcome and nobody can predict the future. 100%. Nobody knows the future 100% until we live it. So you get into this situation where you start to analyzing it. You try and figure out what the answer is going to be. He said, but this is only reassuring for a moment because your mind can always come back and say, well, sure, but how do you know you're not going to lose your job? But because the very nature of this situation is that it is uncertain, you don't know that you won't lose your job. So you're right back where you started with uncertainty triggering anxiety again. You'll probably go right back to trying to analyze it, trying to figure out and convince yourself that you can be certain that you won't lose your job. He says if the worrying process becomes so persistent that it seems to be happening all the time, it's called generalized anxiety disorder. People with generalized anxiety disorder over worry and put that value on the worry behavior. They believe that worrying isn't necessary, that worrying is necessary, important, useful, responsible, and safe. They believe that it can prevent bad things from happening. They commonly think things like, if I don't worry about losing my job, I'll miss some key thing that I could do to prevent it from happening. If I worry about losing my job, at least I'll come in prepared. The solution to the fear of uncertainty is to purposely leave 
worry questions unanswered, unresolved, and uncertain. This type of anxiety gets better by tolerating and accepting uncertainty, ignoring worry thoughts rather than attending to them, and moving on with what you're actually doing. The GAD sufferers, this often feels like sticking in your head in the sand and letting yourself be purposely oblivious to the things that could hurt you. The reality is uncertainty is not dangerous. It is tolerable. Worry behavior is utterly pointless. It does not stop bad things from happening. Worry behavior causes you to suffer more right now and does not save you from future suffering. And uncertainty does not require your attention. You can choose to point the spotlight at uncertainty by doing worry behavior and mental analysis. This means that you would spend your time trying to figure out whether or not you would lose your job or what you should do. Or you can choose to point the spotlight on whatever it is you actually should be doing in the present moment rather than focusing on that. He says the healthier thing to do is to ignore the uncertainty, put the spotlight on what you're doing in the present. This doesn't mean that the worry thoughts won't be there. You just won't be attending to them. Even though that's scary and easier said than done, your brain will learn from it and its anxiety will naturally subside over time if you stick to it. I think these are some of the little strategies and tactics that we can use. I like the concept of the spotlight, focusing the spotlight on the uncertainty, focusing it on a specific thing that we will never know the answer to until time passes and we do find the answer. And how many times do we focus on that specific thing rather than what we should be doing? And I think that's what this is really about. It's thinking about how we stay in the present, how we change our thought process so that we move beyond those things we cannot control and really start to focus on those areas that we can control. And again, if you are having any sorts of issues where you're not able to deal with the uncertainty, it might make sense for you to seek some professional help because that professional help is trained to understand these behaviors and also knows how to help give you some coping mechanisms so that you are not as stressed and anxious about it. You're listening to My Strategy. I am your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to deal with uncertainty. We'll be right back. Master of words, powerful player. What life-changing words can Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield pull out of her magical toolbox that just might mysteriously open a door you never knew was there? A door to free yourself from fear forever. Transform your rage into right action. Release your guilt. Position you into a life of freedom, purpose, passion, power, and peace. All quite suddenly, unexpectedly, and almost miraculously with no effort on your part. Join Dr. Janet every Monday at noon Eastern on Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on the BBM Global Network 
as she and her guests show you how words map our experiences, immersing you in a sound bath that relaxes your muscles, opens your mind, and supports you in co-creating your extraordinary life. Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Latz will expand your understanding of current and concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home, and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Huckins. The show is my strategy. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. All right before the break, we were talking about the avoidance of uncertainty and the generalized anxiety. In this segment, I want to focus a little bit on some tips of what we can use. And these are six tips from a psychologist. Now, again, if you do feel that you need help, uh, it's important to reach out and find a professional who can help you. This, um, this article is from the Wellness Society. They're talking about uncertainty. And today's focus is on uncertainty with regard to the elections coming up with the pandemic, with the economy, with, 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 with. There's so many different things that we do not know the answers to or the outcomes of. And as a result of that, it is leading to uncertainty. Some people are getting anxious about it. Many people are getting anxious about it. We're seeing that in the data. So they talk about uncertainty and how it's an unavoidable part of life. We all know about uncertainty and dealing with it can be difficult because it's strongly connected to our need for control and predictability said, from an evolutionary perspective, humans are built to anticipate danger, prepare for it, and fight against it. Think about the Stone Ages and what our ancestors had to go through. They had to fight predators, natural disasters, and be alert for everything that might pose a threat to their survival. In today's world, we have different dangers that we will have to adapt to. But our brains are still wired the same as they were many years ago. And as a consequence, we will react to these similar to these same responses. We are in we are in an ambitious situations where we don't have enough information and don't know what could come next. When that happens, the article says our reptilian brain takes over and triggers the fight, flight, or freeze now response. So they give us six tips. First one is use self-compassion. People deal with uncertainty in different ways. In such a situation, just take a few moments to sit with your emotions. Whether you experience worry, anxiety, or stress, remind yourself that your feelings 
are normal and they are perfectly okay. At times we punish ourselves for our feelings. We label or even criticize ourselves, which can lead to a lot of unnecessary pressure. Second tip is practice acceptance. Acceptance in this context means reflecting and trying to integrate the ideas that life is uncertain and always has been. Experiencing uncertainty is a part of human existence and is something that you do every day, even though you might not be aware of it. There are many things in your life that you can't be fully certain of or have complete control over, no matter how hard you try. There need to be acceptance, acceptance of it. Stay in the present. This was a tip that was mentioned earlier. Nobody can predict the future. Nobody knows what's going to happen. We can't control what other people feel, think, or how they behave. And we can't control what life might throw at us even in this year of 2020 because it seems there's something new every day. Sometimes we overthink, ruminate, or try to distract ourselves by focusing on the past or potential future events. Instead, we learn how to deal with uncertainty so that it doesn't overwhelm us. Here they suggest mindfulness can help. Remind yourself to stay in the presence. Be mindful and subconscious about what's happening in your life right now, right now and express gratitude when you can. The fourth tip is to reflect on your past experiences. Past experiences, especially negative or difficult ones, offer us the biggest opportunity for growth. This might seem hard to accept when we're going through them, but it can be useful to look back at what we've learned and see how we can apply that to the future. Think about one or two experiences from your past when you had uncertainty. How did you deal with it? What did you learn? What skills and strengths did you use in those situations? Maybe you found out that you're resilient, found out that you have great organizational skills or realized who people are in your life that you can count on and trust. Number five is practice your self-care routines. In uncertain moments, we feel stressed, stuck, or overwhelmed. It's helpful to have habits and positive activities that can keep us grounded, allow us to take a break and recharge our batteries. These activities should be simple activities that don't take a lot of time and are easy to introduce into our everyday routine. Six, plan for change and uncertainty. In order to feel more prepared about unexpected things that can come into your lives, Make a plan that you can go back to again and again in times of need so that you can feel more positive about how to cope and deal with the uncertainty. And if you take into consideration the strategies discussed above in this article, you can create a plan for yourself by finding answers to the questions below. Use your plan as often as you need. Modify and adapt to the specific situations you're going through. Number one, how do I generally manage uncertainty. How can I accept what is happening, show compassion and understanding towards myself and my emotions? What skills and strengths can I use if something unpredictable comes my way? What are habits and self-care routines that I've created for myself that can support me in these uncertain times? And who can I reach out to for empathy, emotional support, and practical help if needed. Dealing with uncertainty is hard. Using self-compassion and acceptance to stay in the present 
and practice self-care, learn from the past and plan for the future, find strategies that work for you, and practice them as often as possible so you can feel better prepared to deal with unexpected situations and events. The article was by Roxana Petrus. I think she brings up some good points. And many times when you are dealing with uncertainty, we don't have all the tools in place to deal with it. And sometimes we just need to lean on someone else for some help and guidance. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about dealing with uncertainty during coronavirus. We'll be right back. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale. An international initiative called Nurse Nursing Now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy, and we're coming live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Well, if you're just joining us, welcome to the show. My Strategy shows are live and on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right before the break, we were talking about how to deal with uncertainty and got some tips from a psychologist about using self-compassion, practice acceptance, stay in the present, reflect on past experience, Practice self-care and plan for uncertainty and change. This is the part of the show where we want to start thinking about our strategy. So we've learned a lot about uncertainty. We know that there is uncertainty in everyone's life at this point. Some of us have common uh, events that we don't know the outcomes to. Others of us are dealing with things that we just can only imagine or might not even be able to imagine what they're having to deal with. So it's this part of the show where we talk about strategy. And I have a very simple five-step process for 
how I think about strategy and it's five steps because it fits on one hand. First is awareness, right? We want to be awareness, aware that there is something that is missing. We are not able to reach a goal. We're not able to accomplish what we want. And we then realize that we need to make a change. So it's at this point where we would say, I'm uncertain. I'm not sure what's going to happen. We then would need to assess and analyze, assess the situation, get some data, figure out what's not working, what is working. And when it comes to uncertainty, are we getting into obsessive compulsive types of behavior that are unhealthy? If we are, we need to know that. You need to talk to people to understand what their perspective is. Find someone you trust, perhaps seek professional help. Once you've realized that this uncertainty that you are seeing in your life uh, is something that is real, we then need to strategize and plan, figure out a way for us to mitigate that risk, to find a way to come up with some actions to replace those other actions that we are taking that are not getting us to where we want to be. We implement the plan, which means we try these new courses of actions. But it's not just trying these new courses of actions. We need to monitor them and see if they are benefiting us. So it's where you need the support and evaluation. So we're talking about strategy. And I think one other thing I want to do right now is, is cover a specific topic. Because we all are dealing with uncertainty around the coronavirus. And with those ideas in mind about strategy, we can then listen to a little bit more about the uncertainty with coronavirus and then see how we can apply that to our strategy. Article here, dealing with uncertainty during the coronavirus pandemic. Life is filled with uncertainty, especially at times like this. While many things remain outside your control, your mindset is the key to coping with difficult circumstances and facing the unknown. Uncertainty is all around us, never more so than today. The current pandemic and election situation have heightened uncertainty over the economy, unemployment, finances, relationships, and of course, physical and mental health. Yet at human beings, we crave security. We want to feel safe and have a sense of control over our lives and our well-being. Fear and uncertainty can stress us out, leave us anxious, powerless over the direction in our life. It can drain us emotionally and trap you in a downward spiral of endless what-ifs, worst-case scenarios, what will happen tomorrow. That we're all in different, we're all different in how much uncertainty we can tolerate in life. Some people seem to enjoy taking risks, leaving unpredictable lives, while others find randomness of life deeply depressing. But all of us have our limit. If you feel overwhelmed by uncertainty, it's important to know that you're not alone. I think that's the key here. We're all having to deal with this. It's been forced on us. So how do we learn to cope with uncertainty? While we may not wish to acknowledge it, uncertainty is a natural and unavoidable part of life. Very little about our lives is constant or totally certain. And while we have control over many things, we can't control everything that's happening to us. As the coronavirus outbreak has shown, life can change very quickly and unpredictably. 
You may now have suddenly become sick, lost your job, or found yourself struggling to put food on the table. And this uncertainty, too, around the elections now is causing stress. They give a few tips. They said focus on controlling those things under your control. Challenge your need for certainty. Do you really need to be certain about the outcome? Learn to better tolerate, even embrace the inevitable uncertainty of life. Reduce your anxiety and stress levels. So these are tips that we can use in our strategy, assuming we need to work on how we handle uncertainty. Take control and take action over the things you can control. Focus on those things that we can do. Challenge your need for certainty. While uncertainty and change are inescapable parts of life, we often adopt behaviors to try and cope with discomfort and how that, what that can bring. In addition to worrying about it, we want to find a way to challenge that need. How good would that be if you said, you know what, I don't need certainty at this point. And if you don't need certainty, then that could alleviate a lot of the stress. Also have some other tips here about excessively seeking reassurance from others. If you repeatedly ask friends or loved ones if you're making the right decision, endlessly re or endlessly researching information online or seeking out expert advice in order to remove uncertainty for your for your life. Micromanage people. You refuse to delegate tasks to others either at work or at home. You may even try to force people around you to change to make their behavior more predictable to you. Procrastination. By not making decisions, you hope to avoid uncertainty that inevitably will follow. You postpone, delay, acting to avoid certain situations altogether. Or you repeatedly check things. You call or text your family, friends, kids again, check to make sure they're safe, check emails, and more. I think it's important to realize that some of these behaviors we need to learn are probably not normal and we need to find strategies for us to cope with them you're listening to my strategy i am your host john m hawkins coming to you live from the bbm global network and tune in radio when we come back we're going to help you put your plan in place we'll be right back did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside, yeah, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well, be aware, be magical. 
author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, Unlock Your Full Potential with Limitless Growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is My Strategy. And we're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Well, if you just joined us, welcome. You are approaching the end of today's show. So if you missed this broadcast, you can listen on iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, or any of the other digital platforms. You can Google the show, My Strategy and John Hawkins, and you should find it. And if you'd like to have something covered in the show, send an email to talk at johnmhawkins.com. That's talk at johnmhawkins.com. Or just give us a call at 844-MY-STRATEGY. That's 844-MY-STRATEGY. This week, we've been talking about uncertainty. Uncertainty as it relates to the 2020 election and the coronavirus pandemic. Well, 2020 has been quite a year. And the election has definitely brought about additional uncertainty, which has led to anxiety. I think it's important for us to keep in mind that this is not the first time that we've had this type of uncertainty. We've had uncertainty with Vietnam. We had the civil rights marches and many more. So we will get through this. Unfortunately, though, we have to deal with this uncertainty today. And according to the American Psychological Association, 70% of Americans experienced stress with the 2020 election, compared to 52% in 2016. So odds are most people you talk to, meet, and know are having some sort of stress compared, additional stress compared to this election as they did in the one, the last election. The high conflict of this election cycle is having the same effect as divorce. Pretty serious stuff. Divorce has tremendous impact. And they're saying that this election cycle is doing the same. How do we deal with the election anxiety and uh, and being unable to control the outcome? And that's what this show really is about. Well, one thing we learned was that we can use improvisational skills and those principles to help us feel confident, connected, and help us deal with it. First, improvisation is all about listening to others. Second, being open. And finally, collaborative. The improv paradigm is definitely something you should look into if you are having some challenges dealing with the uncertainty. For others, it's more than just being able to compartmentalize it and deal with it. Some have generalized anxiety disorder. So anxiety may be the fear of the unknown and what to do about it. 
Anxious clients who avoid the situation maintain anxiety. Uncertainty is not dangerous. It's tolerable. Worrying is pointless. You cannot stop bad things. If you are in that situation, it is important to seek some professional help so that you can learn to deal with your situation. We learned a little bit from some a psychologist about how to deal with uncertainty. Things like self-compassion, practice acceptance, stay in the present, reflect on past experiences, practice self-care, plan for change and uncertainty. And we then learned about our strategy and ways we can deal with it, specifically around the coronavirus. Learn to cope with it. Take control of the things you can control. Deal with your emotions. Challenge your need for certainty. Seek reassurance from others. Don't procrastinate. If you see yourself repeatedly checking things or micromanaging others, trying to control the outcome, it also might be time for you to seek professional help. In any event, change is hard. In order to do that, we need to break the bad habits, which means we need to be aware of them. And we also need to consciously prioritize and make commitments. And coaching can help as well. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Enjoyed being here with you. We'll see you next time. This has been My Strategy with your host, John M. Hawkins. Listen each week as John reminds us that just like elite athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of their coaches, he is here to help you achieve your highest goals possible. Here each week on My Strategy. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.